Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including showbiz news, classic radio shows, trivia contests, movie reviews, and celebrity interviews. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio Christmas comedy episode of Fibber, McGee, and Molly, starring Jim and Marion Jordan. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, a woman who lives by the motto, Be nice to your kids. They choose your nursing home, Lisa Wolf. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's I right. I think like yeah, that. Yeah, you no, better. I do not. Start thinking about it. No, I'm not going to go yeah. there. Not yes, quite yes. yet. Yes, I'm yes. going to stay young as long it, as I can. Time flies when you're having fun, <laughs> Lisa. for sure. And that's what we're doing right here on Hollywood 360. Yes, we are. Having a little fun. How are you, Carl? Good. How are you? Good. Want to stargaze a little bit? Sure. Okay, so this is exciting. Okay. Do you know who's going to headline the Super Bowl halftime show 2016? Um, girl or guy? Um, it's a group. It's a group. Group of guys. Um, I mean, groups of guys are a good the Beatles. Thing. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> the holograms of some yes, of them. Michael Jackson, yeah. Whitney Houston, Who? and the Beatles. Who? Um, it's going to be Coldplay. Oh, Coldplay. Do you like Coldplay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know Coldplay? Yeah. I've heard of them. You've heard this song? Yeah. Love this song. This is called Fix It. This is one of my favorite Coldplay. Hang on a second. Yeah. Who is that? This is Coldplay. Yeah. I know, but who's the guy singing? Um, uh, You don't uh, know. Yeah, I do. It's Chris Martin. Okay. Good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So They're heading to Super Bowl. They will do. They are going to make their halftime show debut. This is at Levi Stadium uh-huh. in Santa Clara, California. On, do you know the date of Super Bowl? Super Bowl? Nope. 550, February 7th. Nope. Okay. Okay. So some of the previous halftime show headliners, do you remember any of them recent, um, in recent years? Gary Underwood. Let- well, I don't know. Did she ever actually headline it? I don't know. No, uh, Katy Perry was last year. Okay, Katy Perry. Um, Bruno Mars has yeah, done Bruno it. Yeah, Bruno Mars, he's good. Um, we had um, Black Eyed Peas, I yeah. think. Uh-huh. Um, anyhow, I'm thrilled with Coldplay. There's been a lot, a little bit of controversy yeah. um, on the Internet that it's Coldplay. People were hoping for Britney Spears, I think. There were some rumors that it might be her. I'm a Coldplay fan, so I'm thrilled. I'd I'd much rather, rather have, have Coldplay. I, I know you would. I, I'm happy with Coldplay. Um, they just released their seventh album called A Head Full of Dreams. I heard some of it last yeah. night, and it's a great album. Well, they're really good. They're, they're really good. They're just not good. as good as Britney Spears. Well, okay. Oh. Uh, Bruno Mars will also perform at the show. Uh, Beyonce okay. will have a guest appearance. 
um, as she's um, on, one of the artists on Coldplay's new albums. Right. And did you know the NFL does not pay the performers to play at Super Bowl? Right. So they pay, I think, some travel costs and that kind of thing, but nobody gets paid to perform. Okay. Although, who would turn it down? Right. I mean, a lot of publicity. I, I would do it if I were asked for nothing. Right. I think, wasn't Beyonce Foxy Cleopatra? In the uh, in the Mike Myers uh, movie, she was Foxy Cleopatra. I, I did not see that movie, so oh, I yeah. cannot comment on Foxy I think Cleopatra. So I could be wrong. Although Maybe she's... one of our listeners will let me know. Yeah, we could look it out just as well. Beyonce. She, Beyonce. Yeah, right. she's good. Okay, so there's a new... <laughs> this is funny. Okay, so I'm laughing just thinking about it because I watched right. the trailer. Fox, You're laughing at yourself. I'm laughing at myself. I watched the trailer on a new show. You crack yourself up. I know, I'm just laughing at myself. Fox has ordered a new show, a new game show, right. to be on the station. Mm-hmm. And they call it a comedy for the whole family, and it's called You're Back in the Room. You're okay? Back in the Room. You are like... You are, you are back in the room. Y O U apostrophe R E. Correct. Right. Okay. So it's eight hour long episodes of this comedy game show. Mm-hmm. It was featured in the UK last year and it was number one new unscripted entertainment series. Yeah. I cannot believe that, but that's what they say. Okay. Right. Okay. So this is how it goes. It has There's, to be correct. It has to be true. If, if it was I read it on the internet, on the internet it internet, must be true. Yeah, absolutely. So it there's features, nothing on the internet so, that's not true. Don't get this. There's a there's a panel of five contestants. Right. Okay. And they are challenged to complete everyday tasks like blowing up a balloon or frosting a cake, that kind of thing. Right. But here's the kicker. Right. You ready? Right. They are hypnotized first. Oh, right. Okay, so so I'm watching the trailer, and there's five there's people no on there. There's no such thing as hypnotism. I, I'm a little skeptical and, and, myself. And all of those uh, hypnotists out there, sorry. Well, I'm skeptical, but and and I took a hypnosis nobody class. Nobody could hypnotize me. A hypnosis class. Nobody. Okay, nobody. They could not hypnotize me. No way. Why not? Because I'm skeptical, and I wouldn't allow myself right. to give up it. that power. No way. So you know, if you watch them all five, their head, you know, the guy snaps, and all their heads go down. No And way. they do all these ridiculous, crazy things because he says they should. For example, you know, they say, oh, your pants become really, really tight. And they're like busting out of their pants, running around circles on the stage. No way. It is un- unbelievable that this could be a number one show in the U.K. And now Fox has picked it up and they expect great things from this family comedy. Nah. No way, right? I, I, All right. Hang on a second. Hang on. This is what I would say to that. Wait. Okay, you're a little slow on the sound effects. I know, effects, I'm a little but, um, slow tonight. Basically, these people are hypnotized to do stupid things, yeah. and they all do it. Everyone at the at the drop of a hat at the command. So, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Hey. Okay, so this 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 might be nice for you, Carl. Do you like Miss America? Yeah. Do you- <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now we're on to something. So Miss America has just inked a three-year TV deal with ABC. Right. Okay, so this is between the Miss America organization and Dick Clark Productions. Mm -hmm. And the pageant will be on ABC every year through 2018. All right. So now I could have HBO taken out, all my Netflix taken out. I just need ABC. You just need ABC. All right. I'm, I'm set. So this is televised in Atlantic City's Boardwalk Hall every September. And here's an interesting fact. It started being televised in 1921, and you know why? 1921? Yes. In 1921 is when the Miss America pageant began. I had no idea. In Atlantic City. Isn't that remarkable? They they probably didn't have a bathing suit competition back then. I think they did. It was just a different type of a bathing suit. Yeah, like one that went from (laughs) the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. That's the one. That's the one I like. And the reason they did it in September is they were doing this as a way to extend the summer tourist season 
um, a week after Labor Day. So it's all for tourism and travel, right? Then it moved to Las Vegas for six years, and now it's back in Atlantic City. And um, I don't know if you caught Miss America 2016. You know who the winner was? No. An attractive woman, though, I'm sure. An attractive woman. Am I right? Seven point nine million views. So you just were not one of the seven point nine million people I didn't watching. I think I did. No. Right, Miss Georgia. Mm. She's a Georgia peach. She's a Southern belle. She is. So um, there you go. All right. You got watch time that? for one more. Okay. So Jennifer Lawrence will make her directorial debut with Project Delirium. That's a movie. That's the girl you said they can't get a date. Jennifer Lawrence, I did. Yeah. I, you she's know, she like, uh, she sits she, home on Saturday, can't you, get a date. You remember that. Yeah. It's funny. Cause well, because I've been trying to, to date her. contact her What's ever funny since. is you don't remember anything I say, yet you do remember that Jennifer Lawrence is home Saturday night looking for a I don't, date. Right. right. Well, you know, I mean, that's not an unattractive woman. No, she's something Why else. Why is she home on Saturdays without I, a date? I couldn't this, answer this that. This doesn't add up. Do you have any I, predictions? I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I. So, this is a movie about U.S. military experiments in mind-altering chemical weapons. Right. So it's based on a 2012 New Yorker story about controversial Army research. Uh-huh. So she will be uh, directing that, and this will be her debut. We can look forward to that. And uh, she and Amy Schumer are co-writing a screenplay where they're going to be sisters. Uh-huh. And she's going to be in the film Joy, which is going to be released on Christmas Day. Okay. So she's all over and the place. And she can't get a date. And she can't get a date. I don't understand. Makes perfect Makes sense. Makes gazillions of dollars. Can't find a guy that wants to take her out. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to begin our Christmas programming, Lisa. It's that time. Fibber McGee and Molly from 1949. Stick around. Now back to the best in classic radio. On Hollywood 360, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All righty, Lisa Wolf, it's time for Fibber McDoodle and Molly. You <laughs> like that Fibber McDoodle guy? I like Fibber McDoodle. Yeah, I like him too. He lived at 79 Wistful Vista. Did yes, you know that? I did know that. And he also had a whole bunch of characters that used to drop in on him, like Gildersleeve and uh, Nick the Restaurateur and Horatio K. Boomer and... Wallace Wimple, and he had all these people knocking on the door. And then, of course, Harlow Wilcox was pitching Johnson's Wax. Johnson's Wax was a longtime sponsor of Fibber McDoodle and Molly. Um, I changed his name. You're a Fibber I don't McDoodle. like Mc, McGee as much as McDoodle. You're a McDoodle. Started in 1935, ran all the way to 1959, made a transition to television with different actors, didn't last on TV. It was really a radio show, you know? Yeah. Um, so we have a radio episode for you now, December 19th, 1939. It's a Christmas show. We're going to start our Christmas programming right now, run all the way to the end of the year. And this is called A Package from Uncle Sycamore. It arrives at 79 Wistful Vista. Here's Jim and Mary and Jordan, part one of Fibber, McGee, and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. <laughs> The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Jimmy Shields, and Billy Mills Orchestra. Well, Molly has convinced Fibber that his back fence quarrels with neighbor Gildersleeve have no place during the Yuletide season. Result? Here shoveling the snow off Gildersleeve's sidewalk in a burst of virtue and perspiration, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Ah, nice work, McGee. Only 20 feet to go. Are you tired, dearie? Oh, you. 
Are I tired? <laughs> and look at these blisters. Oh, heavenly days. They are big, aren't they? Big? I ain't had such blisters since I played hooky from the fifth grade. Hmm. How could you get blisters on your hand playing hooky? Did I say they was on my hand? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to work. You're almost through now. Okay. <sighs> there. Well, all finished. Whew, am I tired. And a nice job, too, dearie. Yeah, but it ain't right, Molly. Doing all this work for a big heel like Gildersleeve. Well, a heel never gets anywhere without some good soul to lead the way. <laughs> wow. Let's go in the house. I'm cold after that. Hey, Fibber, huh? Fibber, Molly, I've got something for oh, you. Oh, look, McGee, Mr. Wilcox. Uh-oh. This may be that thing, folks. <laughs> Better start taking up the rugs. <laughs> Well, and what have you got for us, Mr. Wilcox? <laughs> a big package. Here, take it, Fibber. Oh, is it from you, Mr. Wilcox? No, I just happened to see your name on it at the post office, so I told the mailman I'd save him a trip. Oh, oh gee, thanks, Arlo. What you been doing at the post office? Oh, I just sent my little nephew a snake for Christmas. Oh. Snake? That's kind of dangerous, ain't it, for a kid? Oh, it couldn't hurt him. It's just a baby snake. How do you know? Well, it's still carrying its little rattle. Oh. <laughs> well, so long, folks. <laughs> Reminds me of the time when I was a boy, Molly. Somebody gave me a great Dane for my birthday, but I had to give it away. Why? Cost too much to feed him. Had the house broke before he was. Oh. <laughs> well, come on, let's go in and open up this package. Okay. Who's the package from, Molly? Look, McGee. Huh? It's from your Uncle Sycamore. No. Not old Uncle Sycamore McGee. Right. Why, he wouldn't send anybody anything. That guy's tighter than the middle sardine. But you always said he was a very wealthy man. Sure, he is, but he's such a miser, that's probably a couple of pounds of sawdust to refill that rag doll he gave me when I was three years old. Oh, McGee. And I'll bet he foreclosed the mortgage on the saloon to get the sawdust. Well, whatever it is, I don't think we should open it until Christmas. Uncle Sycamore would be offended. Now, wait a minute, Molly. Wait a minute. As the guy says when he's seen the gal in the old-fashioned bathing suit, there must be more here than meets the eye. <laughs> Maybe the old spider has finally got a hunk of Christmas spirit. Yeah, like old Scrooge. Maybe yeah. he's broken down at last. Sure, he's getting pretty well along in years, you know. Maybe he's begun to realize that I'm old enough now to handle large sums of money, and maybe he's... Oh, shucks, I'm dreaming. Oh. Well, don't wake up now. Go on and dream. I was just thinking the old skinflint might really send a wad of dough to... Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. Not that old tightwad. How can a man be so stingy? I don't know. They say he's so close-fisted, the only way a fortune teller can read his palm is with an X-ray. Yeah. What'd you say? X-ray? Yeah. That's it, Molly. You got it. X-ray. We'll get that package X-rayed. That won't hurt Uncle Sycamore's feelings. Wonderful, McGee, wonderful. Oh, you're so clever. Oh, oh it was nothing that any red-blooded American <laughs> boy could... Get your hat, Molly. We're going downtown and get this box x-rayed. We'll even take a cab. I'll be right with you, dear. Oh, I'm a millionaire. If that package you got there is more than a sack of navy beans. <laughs> you ready, Molly? Come Let's in. go. Here we go. <laughs> Here you are, buddy. The Wistful Vista X-ray Laboratory, second door on the left. Here's your change, Doc. Oh, go. That's all right. Keep it, bud. Gee, thanks. This will come in handy. 
I was all out of Sin Sin. <laughs> well, what did you swallow? We ain't swallowed anything, sis. Oh, really? No. Most everybody comes in here swallowed something. Hairpins or coins or tacks. I'm writing a book about it. I can't even swallow that. What's the title of your book, dearie? How to get to the seat of your trouble without calling an usher. Oh. <laughs> I'm author myself, you know, sis. What did you write? The Midget's Britches. <laughs> it was one of them short shorts. Now, look, miss. We want some X-ray pictures taken of this package. Yeah. I see. If you'll sit down, the technician will see you in a few minutes. Oh, fine. Oh, McGee, you know I'm a little nervous. Me too. What if there is a million dollars in this package? Oh, don't say too much about it, Mom. Oh, good day, my dear. Will you please see if my X-ray plates are ready? Oh, sorry, Mrs. Uppington. They won't be ready until tomorrow. Hey, Molly, look who's here. A big flake off the upper crust. <laughs> well, for goodness sakes. You who, Mrs. Uppington? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? Oh, so nice to see you. Oh, and Mr. McGee. Hi, Uppy. Did I hear you asking about some x-ray plates, Mrs. Uppington? Uh, yes, yes, they're for my brother Stuyvesant. Uh, Stuyvesant is an operatic baritone, you know. He played here last winter. Oh, is that Oh, so? yes. Stuyvesant Uppingtonio. We heard him in the Barber of Seville. Remember, McGee? Barber who? Let me think. Barber Oh, yeah. Wasn't he the fat guy in the red tights that come out and hollered, Next? <laughs> Please, Mr. McGee. Well, uh, what happened to Stuyvesant, Mrs. Uppington? Oh, it happened last week at the annual banquet of the Union League Club. Mm. I was there with Stuyvesant, uh -huh. and I noticed he was eating entirely too fast. So I spoke to him about it. Sty, I said, you mustn't eat so fast. Really, I said, you're acting like a pig, Sty. <laughs> Dear, dear. Yes. And just then it... Oh, what a horrible moment. He swallowed a lace doily. Oh. Not stupid, <laughs> My, my. He was hungry, wasn't he? Does he like Chinese food, Uppy? I got an extra laundry bag he can have if you'll take uh, the thing. Please. Mr. McGee, I, I don't consider Stuyvesant's predicament any cause for levity. Oh. Particularly in view of the outrageous newspaper publicity. What the newspapers do, Uppy? Oh, that horrible nickname they gave for Stuyvesant huh? when they saw the x-rays of that lace doily over his heart. What oh. nickname, Mrs. Uppington? Uh, the human valentine. Oh. Isn't, isn't that perfectly disgusting? Yes, uh, it is. Oh, well, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> All right, that's the first portion of Fibber McGee and Molly from December 19th, 1939. A package for Uncle Sycamore arrives. He takes it to an x-ray uh, machine to see what's in it, Lisa. Have you ever had that happen? Get something uh, sent to you and you can't open it? You got to you gotta wait? Uh, no, I can't no wait patience. at all. I, I, I like to peek and then close things back up again. Right, you like to seal it. When you were a kid, were you like opening oh, yeah. your presents under oh, the tree? Like I, you would just, we didn't uh, have a tree. <laughs> Oh, Sorry. that's right. Yes. But we had, <laughs> well, there's no tree. Okay. But um, I did peek at presents. You didn't have a menorah? Yeah, we had a menorah, but we don't put presents under it like okay. that. Okay, yeah. But, but the concept, okay, so of, the concept of, of having presents a, even for a so birthday. So there's a bunch of presents there hidden in your mom, Mrs. Oh, Matenke's closet. closet. I know exactly where and they were. And then you there, did you like take Every the tape single and, one. and undo Every the tape one. real carefully and see what it was? And there was a Mattel, you know, um, a doll, doll or, something. or something, right? Every single one. Remember being a kid and not being able to wait? I'm still like that. What do you mean being a kid? 
right? I can't wait. Nobody buys me presents anymore, so I don't know. But my husband keeps them in his office. He won't bring my presents home That's ever. That's probably smart. Because I will find it You'll and find I will it. You'll open, open it. it up. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So, so the man of the week is... Uh, the Doors. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Oh, yeah. All right. So identify this song, a Doors song, and you'll win some fabulous prizes. Call 855 855- 360H360. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. That's all you get. Tell me what song that is. The Doors, 855-360-H360. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. Wow, what song is that, Lisa? Do you know? <laughs> I do I do know, Carl. We chased our pleasures here, <clears throat> dug our treasures there. The one and only Jim Morrison. He was born December 8th, 1943. We're celebrating his birthday. Call us toll-free, 855-360-H360. Identify that Doors tune. And my crabby brother will send you some fun prizes. We'll be right back. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa, we are back. It's Hollywood 360, and this is the Hollywood 360 radio network across the country on about 100 stations here. So your voice is just booming out there, booming. That's a lot of booming. From Los Angeles to Maine. (laughs) Maine. Sounds good. (laughs) To New York, too. We're in New York as well. All right, so here is that uh, Doors tune. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. Jim Morrison of the Doors. He was born December 8th, 1943. And uh, he would have been, well, that means he would have been 70. Older than you. 72, (laughs) 73? A year, two two years older than you. Oh, my gosh. You're funny, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go out to Sarasota, Florida, which is a lot warmer then uh, here in Chicago and talk with James. Hi, James. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm doing good, my friend. Uh, hope you're enjoying the show, you're enjoying Fibber McDoodle and Molly. Always. All right, buddy. Who is, uh, or what song is this? Break on through to the other side. You got it. Break on through. You're, you're a winner, James. You're going to win some fun prizes. My brother will send you out there in Sarasota. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Happy holidays to you. You too. All bye right. Bye bye. Yeah, James knew it, Lisa. He knew it. It was Break On Through by the Doors. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's get back now to Fibber McGee and Molly. What in the trunk do you suppose is in that package, Molly? Here, here, let me heft it a minute. Here it is. Hmm. Weighs about nine pounds. I wonder what weighs nine pounds. I did when I was born. <laughs> Baby, here's the film, Jordan. Oh, thank you. Better stop by again tomorrow. Sure will, baby. Uh, well, hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. Glad to see you. Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. I see you're working for some film company. Yep. They say it's got a great future, too. But I don't know. I still like the old stereoptican. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Hey! Incidentally, you know who invented the magic lantern? Old Diogenes, when he was looking for an honest man. He knew he couldn't do it without magic. (laughs) That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the... See, what am I talking about? That wasn't either good. (laughs) Hey! Oh, the way I hear it... (laughs) One fella says to tell a fella... See, he says... Have you seen Tom Hope's new picture, The Cat and the Canary? 
No, says the second fellow. And anyway, that ain't Tom Hope's picture, it's Bob Hope. Oh, says the first feller. I thought he'd play the part of the cat. <laughs> well, so long, kids. Merry Christmas. Same to you, old timer. I wonder what would happen if the cat and the canary ever played a double bill with of mice and men. I'll bet you, I'll bet the mice it's... Woohoo! One side, everybody! Let me see the x-ray man. <laughs> I'm afraid you can't see him right now, Grandma. He's busy. Okay, Shorty. I just wanted my collarbone x-rayed. I think I busted it. Huh? But it don't really matter. I hardly ever wear collars anyway. Yippee! <laughs> How'd you bust a collarbone, Grandma? I fell off a boxcar bumming my way back from Atlanta. Wahoo! What a trip! Yeah? I went down there for the preview of Gone with the Wind. Wowie, what a picture! Only thing is, Skippy, I didn't get the big ovation I expected. Ovation? What did you expect? And that Clark Gable never even give me a tumble. The wreck. <laughs> now, wait a minute. What is this? Why should they have paid any attention to you, Grandma? Shorty? Huh? It was a long time ago when you was only a boy. Yeah? But I was the first girl ever tested for Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> oh, them were the good old days. Say, girly, when the dark is free, give me a ring at the bowling alley. Woohoo! One side for a glamour girl. <laughs> Glamour girl, eh? Say, she might have come from a good southern family at that, McGee. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if hers was one of the first families of Virginia to go barefoot. <laughs> Mr. McGee, the technician will see you now. Oh, thank you, dearie. Bring the package, McGee. Okay. Ooh, careful, Molly. It's kind of dark in here. Yeah. You the x-ray technician, bud? Certainly am, Wogglebug. Yes, indeed. Oh, Boomer. <laughs> yes, Horatio K. Boomer. Expert on the short wave and the long haul. Say, uh, we want to have this package x-rayed, Mr. Boomer. We think there's money in it. Yeah. Money? Yeah. Why, of course, of course. Yeah. Now, look here, Boomer. I won't stand for this. You... Oh, hello, Fibber and Molly. Excuse me. Oh, don't mind us, Harlow, but ain't you in the wrong office? This is an x-ray, not a fluoroscope. Uh... Well, never mind that. Now, look here, Boomer. You're a jip. Now, there is a very penetrating bit of character analysis. Go on, Mr. Wilcox. Yes, proceed with the indictment, my long-limbed linoleum lover. <laughs> well, looky here. Look at this fake X-ray photograph of Mrs. Perkins' spinal column. Is that it? You told her this proved she needed a long series of X-ray treatments for her lame back. Well, now, wait a minute, Harlow. Maybe Boomer's right. Oh, yeah? I took this picture to a real X-ray expert. And he said this was a fairly bad photograph of a banana stalk. Heaven. A banana stalk. Curses. I am undone. Now, you know very well, Boomer, there's nothing wrong with Mrs. Perkins' back that a little rest from floor scrubbing wouldn't cure in a week. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Somebody must have left the script open. <laughs> now, I told Mrs. Perkins, Boomer, to get some Johnson self-polishing glow coat for her linoleum. And she'd never again have a lame back from hours of scrubbing and worrying about scuffed and dull linoleum. I'll say so. Why, with glow coat, all she has to do is pour a little on the linoleum, spread it around, and wait for it to dry. No rubbing, no buffing. It's as simple as that. Here, take your picture of the banana stalk. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> 
I rather like that young man. Admire your sincerity. Excitable fellow, though. Well, hurry up and x-ray that package, will you, Mr. Boomer? Ah, yes, the package. Interesting assignment. Though this work presents many a fascinating problem. For instance, I x-ray a man, and all the valuables in his pockets are immediately exposed to my view. Oh. Care to look at some of my trophies? Here's a pair of star sapphire cufflinks. Had to give a patient 50,000 volts to get those. <laughs> Must have been quite a shock to him. Yes, yes. Here's a beautiful wallet. Took it right out from under a fellow's eye. Huh? Here's the wallet. And here's his eye. Oh. Here's a check for a short beer. Yes, it's a fascinating... Oh, come on. Hurry up, Boomer. Next ray this package. Control yourself, Peabody. Control yourself. Just wait till I turn on the juice. Ready? Go. Hmm. Seems to be something wrong. Miss, uh, Miss Abernathy! Miss Abernathy! Yes, Mr. Boomer? Huh, seems to be something wrong here with the car. Yes, it was shut off a little while ago. You haven't paid the light bill. Well, well, imagine that. No current. Come on, dearie, let's go home. Yeah. I'd suggest you try another X-ray expert and more power to him. <laughs> Well, we certainly have wasted a lot of time, McGee. Yeah, listen, Molly, I I can't wait till Christmas to open this package from Uncle Sycamore. Let's open it up now. Okay, McGee, I give up. Open it. Okay, nobody here but us chickens. Here she goes. Now, if this this box is full of dough, we'll we'll have it to spend for Christmas. Right. Then we... Oh, for the... Come in. Telegram for Fibber McGee. Sign here. Thanks. Well, that's okay, bud. Keep the change. And a Merry Christmas to you. What's it say, McGee? Listen. Dear nephew, please take my clothes out of box and hang them up. We'll arrive December 24th to spend the holidays. (laughs) Don't meet me at the station. We'll walk. It's cheaper. Signed, Sycamore McGee. Well, I'll be a... Run upstairs and get a cake of soap and a hairbrush, Molly. I think you're going to have to wash my mouth out and spank me in a few minutes. Well, let yourself go, dearie. I know just how you feel. Why, that stingy old rip. (laughs) Molly, it ain't fair. Doing me out of a million dollars like that. Not after the way I scrimped and saved and denied myself all these years. Ah, shucks, that spoils my whole Christmas. Oh, now, come, come. Cheer up, dearie. It isn't that bad. Go away. Oh. Be quiet. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh. What's on your mind, sis? Hmm? I says, what you want? What you got? That's beside the point. Gee, is it? You'd better be careful in having it. Hadn't hmm. what? Hmm? Listen, little girl, I ain't in any mood for small talk today. I just had a great sorrow. Oh. What you want? Well, gee... I've just been going around the neighborhood looking at people's Christmas trees, I bet you. Where's yours? We ain't put it up yet. Oh. What's more, the way I feel now, I don't care if we never have it yet. Oh, McGee, now that's no way to talk. Well, anyway, what... Gee, I guess you're an old starpuss, mister, I bet you. (laughs) I am not. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, no, I'm... Or am I? Hey, maybe I am at that. Hey, what's the matter with me, anyway? 
I'd rather tell you sometime after Christmas, mister. <laughs> oh, you would, eh? Hmm? <laughs> 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 Look, sis, you were absolutely right. I am a sourpuss. Sure. I'm a Scrooge. You come back Monday and take a look at our Christmas tree, and I think I can safely say there'll be something on it for you. Gee, honest? Oh, boy. <laughs> Get a load of that expression, Molly. I'll bet this is the first place she comes on Christmas morning. Oh, no, it won't. Huh? This is the 14th place, mister. What? Looky, I got a list, and they've all promised me a present. Gee, aren't people peachy, though? Hey, Willie. Yeah? I made my quota. How'd you do over Jones's? Ah, it takes a kid like that to get you in the Christmas spirit. You know, Molly, this really is a great time of the year. Why, sure it is. Yes, sir. I'll almost be glad to have your Uncle Sycamore here. Well, I wouldn't go quite that far. <laughs> what do we got to kick about? Enough to eat, a good home, nice neighbors? Even Mr. Gildersleeve? Why, sure, Gildersleeve is okay. When he finds out I shovel his sidewalk off for him, why, he'll be... Oh, I'll bet that's him now. Look, Molly, let's ask him and his wife over for dinner in Bridge tonight. Let's really get acquainted with them. I'll bet they're real people. That's a good idea, McGee. Yeah. Come in. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. So nice to see you. Hi, Throcky, old man. Merry Christmas. Did you notice I shoveled all the snow off your sidewalk? Yes, I did. And listen here, McGee. Why don't you shovel off your own sidewalk? I'll take care of mine and you take care of yours. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'll be a naughty comment. Why, Mr. Gildersleeve, what do you mean? McGee thought it would be a nice neighborly gesture. Mrs. McGee, the only gesture I want from that man you took for better or worse... And I know which. It's a gesture of farewell. Oh, yeah? Gildersleeve, you got no more gratitude than a collector of internal revenue. Oh, is that so? Yes, that's so. McGee, one of these days I'm going to tangle with you. <laughs> and you'll wind up in a bigger cast than they had in The Wizard of Oz. Gildersleeve, if you ever twitch a lapel toward me... I'll hand a couple of socks on your chin that Santa Claus couldn't fill in eight centuries. Oh, is that so? Yes, that's so. All right, boys. Break it up. Break it up. Mommy, Mrs. McGee, if this little squirt of banana oil... Quiet, quiet, both of you. Sit down, McGee. Okay. And you, Mr. Gildersleeve. For shame. Well, I... The idea. Here it is nearly Christmas, and me husband went out of his way to... I hope next time he goes so far out of his way, he'll get lost. Listen, Gildersleeve, you can't talk that way to my wife about her husband. <laughs> now, listen here, I won't have this quarreling in my house. Not with Johnson's wax on the floor. What's that got to do with it? Nothing, but we haven't mentioned it for some time. <laughs> now, look, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes? Why on earth should you be angry because somebody does you a favor? Yeah. McGee saved you a lot of work, just as a friendly act. Yeah. You're ungrateful and unreasonable. But, Mrs. McGee, I want to shovel that snow off the sidewalk myself. In the first place, my wife got me a new show snubble for Christmas. (laughs) 
My doctor told me to do it for the exercise. McGee is deliberately undermining my health. That's what he's doing. Not that I have anything against you. I like you, Mrs. McGee. Merry Christmas to you. Fibber and Molly will be back in just a moment. I'd like to say a word in the meantime about your kitchen. If someone asked you where you were going to spend the holidays, many of you could almost truthfully say, in the kitchen. You certainly will spend more time there than you usually do, so why not make it as bright and cheerful as possible? How? Well, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat will help greatly by giving your linoleum floors bright new beauty, bringing out their natural fresh colors and protecting them with a polish that is easy to keep clean. Now, if you don't know how simple it is to use glow coat, just try a can tomorrow. There's practically no work at all. No rubbing or buffing. Just apply glow coat and let it dry. In 20 minutes, your floors gleam with new beauty. Besides making the floors beautiful and saving you work, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat will make your linoleum last much longer. Ask your dealer for some tomorrow. In the familiar red and yellow can, spell G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Well, Molly, as I always say... Huh? Say, did you get our Christmas tree yet? No, but I'm going to run out right now and bring in the clothes pole. Clothes pole? Yeah, with all the needles I've got today, I can make my own tree. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, this is our last chance to talk to you before Monday, and so on behalf of S.C. Johnson & Son and all of us on the program... We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night at this same time. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And there is the Christmas episode of Fibber, McGee, and Molly from 1939, December 19th to be exact. And that stars Jim and Marion Jordan, along with Hal Perry as the great Gildersleeve, Isabel Randolph, and Bill Thompson. Harlow Wilcox doing the announcing as heard on NBC, sponsored by Johnson's Wax, which is still around. Johnson's Wax, Johnson's uh, Polish, you know. Yes. And they uh, did very, from Racine, Wisconsin, that's where they originally are. I think they still are in Racine, Wisconsin. And they sponsored Fibber, McGee, and Molly for all those years. It's nice. I would love to find a big sponsor like that. Right? Right? Yeah, we for can our use show. that. Anybody out there want to sponsor our show? Yes. Yeah, hey, a big sponsor, like a big company. We'll give you a good like, deal because we love our show. You know, what? who would be who would be perfect for this show? Let's see, like gold and silver, a company that sells gold and silver because our listeners. Jew- jewelry. Our cars. listeners are mature. They are. They have uh, discretionary income. They are, um, you know, probably in their most of our. I'd say our average listener is fifty, sixty years old. So gold and silver. I mean, that's what I think about buying. You know, gold and silver. Because, really? Yeah. Don't okay. you? That's a not good really. investment, Lisa. Gold no, and silver. Not yeah. really. I. Oh I don't yeah. Invest you should that be. Way. Really, I should yeah. be thinking about buying gold and silver. Absolutely. All right. Well, no we all, doubt. But we I, have you know what things. I'm saying? Something like that. Yeah. We need a big sponsor. Yeah, I think yeah. a car Lisa's dealership. expensive. We need a big sponsor. Yeah, um, hey, you know what? Like us on Facebook, would you folks? We want to build our Facebook page, don't we? Yeah, we do post on there throughout the week, so it's sort of fun to uh, check it out during the week. Yeah, just uh, search us at Hollywood360Radio. 
That is our, uh, that's what you, what do you do? You go to Facebook and you just type that in and it pops up? Yep. Okay, I don't know. I've never been on Facebook. But we have a website too, Hollywood360radio.com. Our schedule's there. But we definitely want to build our likes on Facebook. So please like us, would you? We'd really appreciate it. I like it, right, you, Lisa? Carl. Would you appreciate it? Because no, I, I like, would. I like you. Oh, really? You said you want them to like you. I, I want. I like thank you. you. I want our listeners to like us on Facebook. Yeah, it'd be really helpful. That'd be great. I mean, if you guys out there had a radio show and I was listening and you asked me to like you, I'd like you. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, right? If I was listening to the show. Except you wouldn't know how. Well, I'd learn but because I'd want to be like, well, okay, I like this person's <laughs> show. So I'll, they're asking me to like them. A little them. support. So it's sort of like, please like us, right? All right, let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa, next hour, it's a Christmas episode of Sherlock Holmes. In fact, it's called The Adventure of the Christmas Bride, and it stars John Stanley and Alfred Shirley. They took it over after Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. Remember those guys? Uh, Basil Rathbone, for sure. Yeah, he played him in the movies. Remember The Hound of the Baskervilles? You remember yeah, that or yeah, no? I, I don't, but no. I, I just saw Sherlock Holmes uh, in Chicago. Yeah. Broadway in Chicago. It's right. the Oriental Theater. You weren't that... Uh, you know... It's okay. Right? No, it wasn't it, the best, right? It had David Arquette. He did a great job. Okay. All right. Oh, I don't know. I don't like plays, really. I know you don't. You're but Broadway it, Lisa. You see everything. A lot of fun. I mean, you see everything. All right. Before that, though, we're going to play Beat the Host. And it is going to be all about Jim Morrison of the Doors. It's multiple choice. There right? we go. Yeah. So, what song is that, Carl? Um, Light My Fire. There you go. Come on, baby, light my fire. There you go. I'm hoping for a music uh, contest, yes. uh, uh, a vocal con- uh, contract. You can't even say it. I'm hoping for a it. vocal contract. I, I, I'd I knock it out of the park. Yeah, if somebody gave me a vocal contract, uh-huh. I'd knock it out of the park. I bet you it's would. 855-360-H360. 855-360-H360. Call now. 